Dad saves the day. I mean, there is something special about dads. Where it's like on the video, you just we just have like these cat-like reflexes, right? You can sense it. Your kid's falling off the couch. You sense it. You reach out and you grab the kid. So there's just, there's something, and that's just how God made dads. And we're just wired to, to jump in and save the day. And I, I think that in, in, the, in the spiritual realm where, where battles are fought, the enemy of God wants to take that role away from men. And it's been going on, and at least it was going on forever, but there's been a big impact in our culture and our society, and the shift happened in the 90s. Um, you know, we had, we had some great dads in the 90s, on, on TV that is. Um, you know, we had the um, uh, Growing Pains dad, remember him? I, I forgot his name. Alan, yeah, so he was awesome. And then even, I mean, here's the irony, uh, Huxtable. So Bill uh, Cosby was the great dad that everybody fell in love with. And the irony is he's in jail right now for rape. That's not fun. Um, So he deserves that, by the way. You guys need to know that I'm all for the whole Me Too thing. It's good for society. It's good for the church. Uh, But there's been a, a shift in our culture towards biblical masculinity. And even the role of the father and probably the great archetype in the negativity or the, the portraying the father figure as a negative image is the iconic Homer Simpson. Like he's, he's an idiot. He's a buffoon. He's a drunk. Um, and then so that that icon has even it's 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 an archetype now for our current day dads in in media or in, in television. And so in order for you to have a successful sitcom, uh, the dad's got to be an idiot. I mean, that's he's got to be the butt of all jokes. And and so there's not I don't know. Can you think of a strong father figure on TV these days? Is who's that? Oh, and reruns. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, and, and so what's that? This is us. Okay. Last man standing. Didn't they cancel that show? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, my, my goal today for, for dads and actually not just for dads, but for everybody is to, is to encourage you. Yes, I think that men need to be encouraged and boys need to be encouraged. But this message is, it is for everybody. And it is, there is that, there is that natural reflex where you want to save the day. Hmm? How do we translate our giftings to save the day in everyday life? And so this is how we save the day in every life, everyday life. I've got three points and I hope that they're encouraging for you. I think that they should be. But the very first thing that I think that, well, everybody needs to do this, is that in order to save the day, in order to, to have some element of success in life or to, to not be a victim, uh, it, it, it's almost as simple as adjusting your posture, your physical posture and your spiritual posture. My hope, and I, and I think this is Jesus' hope for you today too, is that you leave this place with your head held a little higher than when you walked in. That you're just a little bit taller when you walk out today. 
That is, that's God's desire for us, is that we, that we are encouraged. Last week we looked at the idea of this, the, the incredible gift of faith. And faith is confidence. And so as believers, we need to walk in this confidence and in this faith and in, the, in, in, our, in God's strength and, yes, even in our own strength. The own, your own strength in the uniqueness and the way that God has designed you and created you. Now, I think it's just important that we just almost even take a physical posture. Get your head up. Get your shoulders back. Stand tall. Know that we know by science that physio, physio, physiologically that will change you. You if you make your body walk a little taller, you'll be a little taller and you'll feel a little more important than, than you were before. You'll feel a little more special. So I want to encourage you, like walk out of here a little taller today. But there's a spiritual dimension to it too. There is a, a spiritual principle in standing up strong and standing in your own truth. Truth of Jesus. Remember when you're going through the hard time? Maybe it's now. When it's as if the whole world is falling apart all around you. As if the whole world is on fire in and of itself. What do you do? When, you're, when you've been kicked and when you've been beaten and when you've been humiliated and when you've lost the job, what's, what's the position, what's the attitude of our heart? What's the... What's the What's the spiritual posture? What's even the physical posture? Uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 21. And there's a couple of verses that we're going to look at. We're going to look at 8, 19, 25, and 28. Again, Luke chapter 21, verses 8, verses 19, 25, and 28. Jumping around a little bit. Context of this uh, passage, it's in red letters, so that means that Jesus is writing it. It means it's very important and we need to pay attention to it. But the context of this, he's talking about the end of the world, the end of days. Like, the place is going down. The world's on fire. It's as bad as bad as it can get. And even in the worst of all situations, I mean, maybe your situation is bad, but the world isn't ending yet, Right? I don't know. I didn't check the news this morning. You know, sometimes like here's a confession. Like sometimes before I come to church on Sunday, I'm like, I better watch the news because I might have to address something from the pulpit. I think everything's okay right now. Anyway, um, this is the worst of situations. This is what Jesus is describing is, is the worst nightmare that any of us have ever faced. And this is what he tells his kids, that's us. This is what he tells believers. This should be the attitude of our heart and the posture of our spirit and even the physical way we carry ourselves. Verse 8 says, In the midst of hell on earth, not a hair on your head will perish. Verse 19, Stand firm. And you will win life. Here's the fun stuff in verse 25. There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars on earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the sea. That sounds a little bit like the news right now. 
people will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Verse 28. When these things take place, ready? Stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So even in the midst of everything that is going bad, Jesus is telling us to stand up and lift up your head. This is how we save the day. This is how Jesus tells us to win. Stand firm and you will win in life. Put your shoulders back, your head up. Know where God is. Pay attention. Turn on your spiritual sight and stand firm. Because God's coming through. God's breaking through. Redemption is near. So that's your first point. Stand up straight. Get your head up. Get your hope up. Know that you can win when God's on your side. Okay, second point. I got three. You like points? You can take notes and stuff. Write this stuff down. You remember it better, huh, Michelle? Yes. Second point is, especially for men, but for everybody, is that we have to avoid the temptation of getting soft. It is so easy to become complacent. It is so easy just to to rest and, and take it easy. I mean, we have this issue within our own natural life. Like, it's just, it, sometimes the, the, it seems to us like the best thing to do is the easy thing to do. But what God is calling us to do, he's not, God never asks us to do the easiest thing. God asks us to do the most, the thing that, that brings the most purpose. The most purpose in our own life and everybody else's life. Like, he's, it's, what, it's not what's fast. It's, what, it's what's meaningful. It's what God's after. And so when, it, it, it's just, again, it's just easy just to take it easy and just to, to get your check, to punch your time clock, and just to continue just to live in a constant state of ease. That's, that's the great temptation, not only just for believers, but for just an everyday life. I had a friend last night that we, we spent some time with, and she's amazing, and she's a believer, and she's, she's, just, she's just really cool. She's been our friends for, I don't know, a long time. How, my friend longer. All right, just by a couple of months, just make us friend a little bit longer. And uh, and she just recently lost her job. She had a great job, and she lost her job. And I'm like, oh man, that, that's tough. I mean, we just need to come around her and, and you know bring her some some hope and comfort her. You know what her attitude was? I mean, she lost a really good job. She lost security. She lost the check. She lost the the identity in in the career. And her response to me was. He says, you know what? It's okay because I wasn't, I was taking it easy too much. Like I wasn't, I wasn't being challenged and I wasn't challenging myself. And so like, I think God wants me to do something bigger with my life. And, and, and I'm okay with losing the job because God's got something better lined up where I'm actually going to be challenged because I got a little lazy. I mean, this is a gal that does decathlons and stuff. So it's kind of ironic to hear that from her. But her whole, her whole attitude, her whole position, her whole posture for somebody that, that, that should be like, I don't know, like I would be in my bedroom curled up in the fetal position. No, she was like, she had this strength. She had this divine strength. And it's just like, you know what? She's going to be okay. 
she's she's going to find that awesome job. Like it's just going to it's just going to materialize in front of her, and, and she'll know it. She'll she'll jump on the opportunities as soon as it hits. She's a smart cookie, and she's choosing not to be negative. She's being positive. Isn't that cool? One of the one of the greatest illustrations of getting soft in the Bible. Our greatest warrior, I, I, I would say, yeah, he's got to be our greatest warrior. It's, it's debatable. Who's the greatest warrior? Samson? I don't think so. Um, yeah, who said David? You did. Of course you did. Yes, David by far is the greatest warrior. Because not only is he a warrior king, he's a priest and he's a prophet. David's the full package. And he writes really good music. And he's a good, great poet. But dude, the guy was, he was amazing. He was a stud. I don't know if I could say, can I say stud? I don't know. I don't know these days. I'm always offending somebody. Um, when David was a boy, in, when nobody was around, he was killing bears and lions. Before he was elevated to a place of a, a, a public, in the public eye. Before he had, you know, 5,000 people following him on Twitter. He was doing amazing things in private. It was just him and the Lord. He wasn't posting it. And this is, this is the, like that, that strength and that courage and that ability to, that, to fight. And he lived on the edge, constantly on the edge, taking risk, killing giants. Faced a giant. Before he could face the giant, he had to kill the bear and the lion in private. And then he gets elevated to kill things in public. You guys want to kill some things in public? You, you got to kill it in your, in your prayer life first. Get in your prayer closet and kill some stuff in your prayer closet. And then he can trust you to kill things in the public arena. Do I need to iron that out so it doesn't seem like I'm promoting violence? Right? Do you, are you with me? Are you understand what I'm saying here? Okay, I'm not saying you, you literally kill things. You know, our new men's ministry, I actually had this thought, but fight club for men, right? Hey, yeah, why not? You can take a hit, right? I don't, I'm not, I, think, I don't know. Let's, this is, I think guys punch each other in the face for a little bit. All right. I'll, I'll take a hit. I haven't been in a fight since high school. Mako beats me up all the time. I don't know if that I don't know if that counts or not. <laughs> okay. Um, so David killed bears, lions, giants, armies. He killed it in leadership. He united a bunch of knuckleheads that were impossible to unite. He killed it there. And then he began to kill nations, all within the power of God. And then one day when he was supposed to go to battle, he's like, you know what, I'm going gonna, gonna to stay at Club Med. When he was a boy fighting lions, he was lean and mean. When he was a younger man fighting giants, he was lean and mean and sharp. His, his senses were, were quick. His skill was impeccable. 
uh, when he was running from his enemy, his mind was sharp. But after he had uh, success, after success, he began to take it easy. He began to get a little soft. Uh, so no longer was he scraping for food, but all the, all the yummy stuff was coming his way. He, he started eating bonbons. Started eating, uh, you know, busting out the Ben and Jerry's at night and just eating the whole gallon right there out of the, out of the freezer, right? He got soft. And it, 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 his, his flesh fell because he's like, you know what? I'm not going to fight this battle. I'm going to send my, my commander to go do it. You go take care of those guys. This is an easy one. Just go get them. And then he felt the temptation when he should have been on the battlefield. He felt the temptation when he should have been on the edge. Does that make sense? He felt the temptation when he failed to fight. And it's one of the saddest stories in the Bible when David got soft. And so, hope that doesn't make you feel bad about yourself. No, I'm just telling you, with Jesus, with the gifts of the Spirit, with the fruit of the Spirit, you don't, we don't have to make the same mistake that, that David made. That's why the story is in the Bible. So you can leave here a better person than when you came in. You can leave here with that attitude of winning, of of lifting your head up and, and choosing, like mentally choosing with your own will to, to, to make the, the commitment not to get soft, not to, not to compromise spiritually, not to compromise with sin, not to say one thing and then do another thing, not to, not to be laxed in, in your devotion to the Lord and prayer and reading. No, you, know, you can choose to, to strengthen yourself in the Lord. It, it is our choice to do that. I want to encourage you to do it. Not to make you feel guilty, but to let you know that you can win. That you can, that you can save the day. God has got a destiny for you to save the day, to step in and grab somebody from falling off a cliff. Are you ready for this? Maybe even to grab somebody from the pit of hell. That's what God's designed us to do as the church of Jesus Christ. I, uh, all right, let's go here real quick. We lost um, Anthony Bourdain. Everybody knows who Anthony Bourdain is? Huge fan. Like, I'm a huge fan. Like, I love his show. Do you know who he... Okay, I have to tell you who he is. Because I, I guess I'm, like, the only one that watches that pagan television. Um, he's a chef. He's an author. Uh, he did Parts Unknown and uh, uh, No Reservations. It's a travel cooking show where this guy, this chef, goes into cultures and he eats weird food. But more important, it's not about the food. It's about how he has the skill to connect with people and to appreciate cultures. Like we as the, as the, as the church, we could actually learn a lot by what he modeled and the way that he loved people and the way that he respected cultures. It was absolutely amazing. But this, this is ability, and we got to get this too, his ability to sit across the table from somebody and hear their opinion and receive their opinion without a judgmental attitude, but with the, with the desire to maybe I can actually learn something. And, and don't get me wrong, like the guy was like, he, he had his set of beliefs, he had his lifestyle, and he was committed to it, yet he always listened to everybody. And we can learn a lot from that. But he took his life 
last week. Like successful, rich, famous, very creative. And it's like, what? I mean, we have to, you know, we don't know why. We have to ask these questions. Why did he do it? What was he missing? And I guess I'll just tell you, he was missing Jesus. Like he had a full life. But Jesus, is, Jesus promises us the fullness of life. Like, like in complete integrity of soul. To where, whether you get the tasty meal or not, you're still satisfied. You're still content. No matter what situation you're going through, there's still peace and there's still contentment. And I guess he didn't have that. I don't know the specifics. I'm sure there was chemical stuff going on. I'm sure he dealt with depression. I just know from his lifestyle, he never asked the Lord to help him. And the world would be a better place if he was still here. And so... And he, his, his daughter would have a father right now. So we've got to be mindful about not getting soft, not getting complacent, not, not just, you know, accepting the average quo. We have to push, we have to fight, and we, we have to know that God's on our side. A couple of scriptures on this one. First uh, Timothy 6. Verses 12, fight that good fight of what? Faith. Take hold of eternal life, which you were called to. And when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then Joshua 1, 9, memorize this one. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. So being strong, being courageous, keeping yourself uh, spiritually fit and mentally fit and even physically fit, like that's actually a commandment. Do not tremble or be dismayed. Don't get discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And he even goes on to say he's with you wherever your feet land. Wherever you go, like this is God's desire and his purpose for the church. Wherever you walk, that's actually your territory. That's, what, that's where God's called you to. That's the land that God's called you to. All right, third point. And the third point almost seems counterintuitive. But the third point is, in order to save the day, in order to be a dad that saves the day, or even an individual that saves the day, I think this one probably perplexes men more than than women. Uh, At least my wife can attest to this. But in order to to save the day, you, you need to stop and smell the roses. Now, I just told you that you need to fight and, and be courageous and strong and live on the edge. And now I'm telling you that you need to stop and smell the roses. Do you live in a chaotic world? How many people feel like your, your life is just chaos? Like there's actually no, I got some hands. Like there's just no control. Like you have no control. It's just complete chaos. It's chaos at work. It's chaos in the house. If you've got more than one kid, it's chaos in the house. And it, can I get an amen? It's chaos on the freeway. Right? It's chaos at Costco. It's chaos, maybe living hell at Walmart. Add an amen. All right, which is worse, Costco or Walmart? (laughs) All right, which one can you get in and out of faster? I don't like Walmart. In and out of faster? I don't know. Walmart. 
Like, here's the thing. Like, when I go to hell, I don't want to stay there very long. So that's why I choose to go to Walmart at times, because I can get in and get out real quick. So that, all right. When you're going through hell, don't stop. Where was I? Yeah, so the idea is that we just, and guys, only children, daydreamers, active minds, we have to stop, smell the roses, and choose to be present in the moment. I can hang out with my kid, but that does not mean that I'm present. My problem is that I have like this overactive imagination, and you might think that I'm here, but in reality, um, I'm in Narnia, <laughs> right? In reality, I like I'm on another planet. I'm not here right now. So if you see my eyes glaze over, and if I'm looking over there, that that means I'm somewhere else. Mako and Sophia have learned this secret. They says, "Josh, where are you right now?" Like, okay, no, 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 snap back into reality. Look, we have to, we need, we need to take time to be present, stop and smell the roses, know that uh, God is actually calling us to be still and be quiet and wait upon the Lord and lean in and listen to his still small voice. Pay attention to the details. When we get too busy, when we get consumed with the chaos, we miss the details. The world tells us that the devil is in the details, and I highly disagree. I think God is in the details. God is in those details. His beauty, his creation, his will, his, uh, his gifts. Do you know that all the spiritual gifts, you can't access them if you are constantly in chaos? The way that you access the spiritual gifts is if you're surrounded by God's peace and love. You can't, you can't get a spiritual gift by being... This, like this tense fanatic, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need a gift. This is not how God works. God will flow through you and function through you when you're able to say, oh, there's a pretty dog that won't bite me. I'm going to go pet it. Pause. And you reflect. There's a reason why God called Abraham out of his tent and gave him the view of the universe. You need to stop and look and see that your problems are minuscule compared to the purpose of your life and the big picture of what I'm doing. It's the antidote for the craziness that's going on in your life. This is why the Bible also commands us to Sabbath. What you're doing right now, whether you realize it or not, you're Sabbathing, so good for you. Father's Day, you could be sleeping in, but you chose to Sabbath. Let God speak to your soul. Let him refresh you. Let it be encouraged by what God is doing in your life. He's doing a good thing. You're going to leave a better person. You're going you're gonna to save a soul. You're going to transform a community you will see your family transformed into the kingdom of heaven if you continue to stop, smell the roses, and hold this time as sacred. And when you start punching that clock that's secular, you're going to begin to take heaven into that too.
Because out of an abundance of, of you know, your cup is overflowing, it's going to spill out and get on other people. All right. This is the conclusion. Those are your three points. Stand up tall, put your head back, walk straight, be empowered. You ready for this one? And if you want to double it, raise your hands and worship. I guarantee you, if you change your posture and you begin to walk and you begin to, to have this faith and faith is confidence, you will, you will transform. But if you want to double that power in worship, Bible says, men, raise up holy hands. You will double that power. If you want to save the day, choose not to be complacent. And if you want to save the day, stop and smell the roses. And if you want to be a good dad, know that you have a heavenly father that's way better than you will ever be. And I know this from doing ministry. A lot of us don't have good dads. Never had a good father figure. Maybe your grandpa was your dad or maybe dad was distant. Maybe he never learned that secret of being present. Hmm? But your heavenly father is always present. He's always available. And when he calls for us to wait on him, here's the thing that you need to know about God. He is waiting for you. He is waiting for you. You think you might be searching for something spiritual, but actually God is searching for you. He's sweeping the floor. He's looking for any indication that your spirit might rise up and be somewhat curious about what God is doing. He's, he's diligently searching for you. This, the story that Jesus tells about the character and the nature of God is that God is sitting on the porch. But he's sitting and he's waiting, but he's not lazy. He's not complacent. He is actively scanning the horizon. He's actively looking out from the place where he seats and he's looking for you to return. And he saves. Our Father saves. Our Father saves the day. We think that we might save the day, but the truth is that our Father, our Heavenly Father, he saves the day. He's searching the horizon. He's, he's constantly looking for a response from us. And when he finds it, does he just sit there and then just chill out and say, you oh, know, okay, I guess if you really want to hang out, you'll come to me. No, our God is active. You break the horizon with your interest, God's rushing towards you, and he's going to embrace you. This is Jesus' story of the prodigal son. We blow it. God, God's heart is broken. He's not going to violate our will, but as soon as we turn back even just a little bit, you take one step, God takes five. You begin a little jog, he begins to sprint. You think that you might want to show a little affection towards God, your Heavenly Father. He embraces you and gives you His coat. He saves you from the complacency. He saves you from the sin. He saves you from your past judgments. He saves you from, from negative thoughts. You try to say, you try to, even if you try to confess all these horrible things that you've done, and it, like that's all you really need because He really doesn't even care. He all really, well, the only thing He really cares about is His embrace with you. So if you have enough courage to confess your sin, you're like more than halfway there. Like God is so active and he, he's, not a, he's not a condemning God. He came to save. He came to restore. He came to bring hope. That's why Jesus is here. This is the God we serve. And this is the strength that we get to tap into.
I give my kid gifts. Mako gives my kid more gifts because I'm cheap. But God gives gifts. Our Heavenly Father gives amazing gifts. And I get the ushers to come up because I have a gift for you to remind you that God gives us good gifts. This is the, I'm going to put the little bow on our last series on, um, on the spiritual gifts, the charismata, the sign gifts of God. This is what God uses to strengthen the church and to strengthen you. So the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, you, the scriptures on the bracelet, the, the gifts of the Spirit are for you, but they're also for the church. And you have access to all the gifts of the Spirit, all of the Father's gifts. They are yours, and He will use each gift depending on what environment you find yourself in. So if you're in a highly prophetic church, chances are God's not going to activate that gift in you. He might activate healing instead. But you have access to all of them. So here's the gift, and the gift comes in grace. So, so go ahead and pass these out. Here's your little another additional Father's Day gift. And the bracelet says... This is the title of the last, the last series. The Charismata, which means charismatic gifts, the sign gifts, or grace. Because charismata, charisma, carom, translate, the, the direct translation is grace. So God's gifts are grace. They're free. They're not, uh, there's no strings attached. You can't earn them. You, you can't uh, necessarily even go to a class on them. They're, they're, they're there, and they need to be activated. One of the ways that we've explained it in our tradition is that they are gracelets. And so now you have a gracelet bracelet. So there's your gracelet bracelet. And it's going to encourage you. Like if you're, if you're bold enough to wear it, I know it's kind of big and maybe a little nerdy, whatever. But um, it will remind you that God gives us gifts. It will remind you that you can activate them. On the inside of it, it, there's actually, you can barely read it because it's, you know, it's engraved. But on the inside is actually the actual scripture reference that says, uh, it's 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Pursue love. All of the gifts have got to be pursued out of the heart of love. Pursue love. Eagerly desire the Father's gifts. Eagerly desire the Father's gifts. Next time you find yourself down the dumps or you're without a, out of, you know, you're trying to put a puzzle together, not a real puzzle, but a life puzzle, and you need something, God will give you the gift in order to make sure that you're able to do what God's called you to do, to find that purpose, to find that breakthrough, to hear God's voice. So that's what these are for.